Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Mine goes back, first of all, thank you for having me. Mine goes back a little bit further, so I, I was born in Russia, I came to the US, you know, I couldn't speak English, went outside one day when we moved to Edison, New Jersey, bunch of kids throwing around a Nerf football, and literally I learned how to speak English by watching the New York Jets play football. So like, it's fun for me to be here and like, it, 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 somewhere around third or fourth grade after falling in love with the sport, unlike everybody in this room, somewhere around third or fourth grade I realized that I was more likely to buy the Jets than to play for them. And so really by the time I was in, like if you go open up my fifth grade yearbook, everybody's like occupation. I don't know why in the 80s everybody wanted to be a fucking architect, but everyone's like architect, 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 and mine just says owner of the New York Jets. <laughs> so 17 and 18, like unlike a lot of people in this room as well, because you wouldn't have gotten here, no matter how good you are, I was a straight DNF student, right? So education was the way out for us immigrants, so it was crazy that I was so bad at school. But by fifth grade, I was making two, $3,000 a weekend selling baseball cards. I knew I was an entrepreneur from the get before it was popular and cool like it is now. And so at 17, 18, I was like, I didn't give a fuck about girls, I didn't give a fuck about school, I didn't give a fuck about anything. I was like, I'm gonna go fucking work, I'm gonna put my head down for fucking five decades, I'm gonna buy the Jets and win seven Super Bowls and call it a fucking day. <laughs> not, a bad, not a bad life plan, right? But, but you, know, like, I, you know what's fun to talk to athletes? Like, I feel like you guys, it, it might be different, but it's the same. Like, I just didn't care about anything. It was like this narrow. Like, you know, and- well, It's interesting you say that because how many of us think we're gonna play forever, right? Like the, the hardest part, at least for me as an athlete, in case I wanna get your point on it, is you're so focused to be great, to even get a seat in this room, that you have to be that dialed in on your craft. Yeah. Sometimes you can miss- Tunnel vision. You gotta have a certain amount of tunnel vision, you know what I'm saying? like we all do. When I was in high school, I wrote down I wanted to go to the NFL. Literally, in a class, wrote it down, kept it in my back pocket, in my wallet, all these different places. That was my tunnel vision. That's all I focused on, you know what I'm saying? And, and that was the mindset, you know what I mean? But to his point earlier, it's like, you don't, it's not about just writing that down and, and, and just kind of waiting for it to happen. Like, you know what I mean? There was a lot of hard work to go get it, you know what I mean? But it kind of set me up every day like I had a mindset, I had a focus. Like you said, I wouldn't focus on other things other than what I wrote down in that piece of paper. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the key to remember. It's like, you want, you gotta have a certain amount of tunnel vision. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you, you wanna understand the, the big picture at the, at the end of the day too. The big picture at the end of the day in our sport is, is we can't play it forever. You know what I'm saying? And, and Thomas talked about it a week ago uh, about, you know, we all have an expiration date when it comes to playing football. You know what I'm saying? But while we're in it, you know what I'm saying, we're locked in. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only difference between being an athlete and kind of different occupations is that literally you cannot play this forever. But while you're in it, you're in it. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta grind like, like, like there is no tomorrow. The other thing you guys have is it's the religion of our society. Like when you're in it, you have unlimited leverage. Unlimited. And when you're out of it, it goes away. You know, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I have no time, I can't meet anybody, but like, I, I'll, just, I'll give you a quick little story. Dexter McDougal, third round pick of the Jets from Maryland, he like hit me up, DM me on Instagram or, or Twitter or something. We had, I, and I said to him, I was like, look, you better take this meeting soon because when you get cut, because he wasn't playing well, I'm not taking this meeting. So like, the, what's amazing about football, and sports in general, but football more than anything in America, like, it's, it's not only, it's crazy. When I got older, I was like, wait a minute, it's better to be a businessman than an athlete because I started meeting like 30 year olds who were done, right? Like, and it's like, wow, that's crazy your whole life. You've just been like this and then you're so young and you've got to reset and think about it different. What's crazy, and you can probably speak this better than I can, it's crazy how smart this generation of athlete is. They think about entrepreneurship, they think about the platform, they think about building their brand, they think about investing. It's crazy what's happened. I mean, you two have a better perspective than I am. I've reverse engineered it backwards, but the advantage, back to these three letters, as you were framing it, like, the leverage of this brand is bonkers. Yeah, think about it. You know, when I was in college, the best advice I got from our fifth year senior quarterback was get three business cards every day after practice. You guys have alums that want to get to know you. They're doing amazing things in the universe. But those three business cards now are as many as you want because it's the internet. You guys don't know this about Gary, but he was one of the first investors in all the things that are on your phone. We're talking Twitter, we're talking Snapchat, 
Tumblr, and on and on and on. His list of businesses are insane that he saw early. So the goal for today when you walk out of here is you think about, okay, how can I cultivate opportunities while I'm a student athlete with those three letters so when I walk out of here, unlike, unfortunately for KC, he scores a great touchdown in the Rose Bowl to win the national championship against Michigan. Twitter and Instagram don't exist. His platform is way different than what it could have been if he's, whereas Deontay last year scoring a touchdown in the Rose Bowl, right? You've noticed, obviously, your platform has altered. And that is a beautiful opportunity for you guys. So I'd be curious if you could give them some thoughts on. It's real simple. The same way you're slipping into the DM to get something up to accomplish, you need to be doing for business. It's the same thing, right? It's you're just reverse engineering what you want. You just have unlimited tools, unlimited. And so like everybody here is going through their streams, creeping on what they want to do. Do that same practice for business because you're right. Like it's crazy what I'll do for the jet. If Tanner, if Tannen Perder fucking DM me right now, he's the long snapper of the New York Jets, I'd meet him tomorrow. If the CEO of a $500 million company emailed me tomorrow, it'd take four months for me to meet with him. That's what you have. And that's crazy. And you can map that. Yeah, I mean look, I think, first of all, the NCAA shit is so fucking bullshit, but you gotta navigate through that, right? Like, so you've gotta be careful and like, that, you know, coming from communist Russia, like, fucking NCAA is scarier than that, you know? Like, so, you know, you're, but, but the reality is, that's your reality, right? Like, you know that that's the reality, but to your point, there's nothing against collecting business card, like, it's only about relationships. You need to dap it up with as many people as possible, that's, Life is only about the people. I made tens of millions of dollars because I became friendly. I thought Twitter was gonna be important and I made those relationships with those founders and that's what opened up everything. Everybody you talk to ever, ever, that's made it, that really made it. It's just relationships. You miss some, right? You go find my first book somewhere, crush it. I thank my entire family and one random person. One, Travis Kalkinick, founder of Uber my boy, and I passed on Uber twice. If I put in my normal 50,000 that I put into companies, I would have made $400 million. I fucked up, right? I missed it. But having the relationship, playing checkers with him at some conference was the reason I even had that at bat. I fucked up, but I got the at bat. You right now, in Los Angeles, with these three letters, and for a lot of you, you don't go to the league and get another one of those at bats. This is the cl- one of the closest things to having that kind of leverage. This is religion for a lot of people. A lot of people that run shit. And your folk, and you, so, so my advice is real simple. To, you know, that was incredible advice by the fifth year quarterback. I would meet every single person, siphon and learn. They wanna, they wanna see you because they wanna take a selfie and show their 14 year old son they know you. You wanna see them because you wanna win life. I think it's a, you gotta have a balance to it too though because let's, let's all be honest in here. Like, you have to be able to balance the two because you guys wanna do one thing which is NFL, right? Most guys' goal in here is to wanna go to the NFL. But like we talked about, the other side of it is the business side, the relationship side, the networking side, all right? So how do you balance the two? Well, you work out, you only can work out so much, so many hours in the day, right? So it's like, what are you doing on those, on those other times? Are you chilling? at the house, you just on your phone looking at stuff, or you yep. out meeting people, shaking hands, or you just, you wanna see what everybody else is doing in the world, you know what I'm saying? I, and and I'm, I'm victim of it too, because I, I watch a lot of his stuff, and especially in the morning, and some of y'all know I send y'all stuff in the morning time, I like to have something that's gonna get me going through the day, that's gonna motivate me, and that's gonna put, set me on that right path. But at some point, you gotta, I gotta put it down, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I can't just be a slave to this phone all day, like I gotta actually, go out and shake somebody's hand, go out and talk to Yogi, maybe get introduced me to somebody or go out and have lunch with this person. So the other thing is, is like, it's balancing the two. Because like I said, we work out six o'clock, six to eight, maybe six to 10, you got class, maybe you come back and throw, maybe you got study hall. So you got a bunch of 24 hours a day, just like everybody else. Y'all's might be occupied a lot different than his, but at the end of the day, there is a window of opportunity like Baxter always talks about, right? You got a window of opportunity at some point in there 
to go do something other than watch Sports Center or TV. Maybe it's having that dinner. Maybe it's say, hey, I'm free at 8 p.m. tonight. Can we get together for dinner? You know what I'm saying? So I think you guys live in a generation now where it's a challenge almost to kind of balance the two. Like like Yogi was saying, I didn't have that. I didn't have that problem when I was in college because we didn't have cell phones and Twitter and all this distraction. It's not a problem. It's, right. a problem. Yeah. it's straight opportunity. You wish you had it. Right. You have it so good. Listen, your balance needs to map your ambition. You don't have to do anything we're talking about here. You don't. The thing that I'm most fascinated about is people run their mouth and then they don't back it up with their actions. You know, your balance needs to be predicated on your hunger. I think it's a good point. You know, you guys are all such hustlers, right? I mean, think about the way you work with Ivan downstairs and the strength staff, the way you study, the way you prepare. You're a self-proclaimed hustle. You love that word in your world because you do, right? So I think it's the idea of I have all these tools as a student athlete, as a football player, because we see them play out every Saturday. We see them play out every day in, in, in practice. How do they play out in the other side of your hustle? How do they play on what you're interested in? I mean, Sam, we just talked earlier about you love uh, Christopher Nolan, director. There's an element of that of, okay, cool, you can build your story that we all have around elements that you're interested in. And I'm curious, Gary, of, of your thoughts on how these guys can shape their interests into their daily reality, which is the voice that they have on the simple phone. I mean, if Sam texts or DMs anybody, they're replying. Like, it's just the opportunity. I don't know, like, for me it's real simple. Like, I think about things in a macro. There's 7.7 billion people. When I look at these men's faces right now, I'm like, they're fucking way up there in the ranking. I wish there was a world ranking of every person. And I wish you could see where you sit right this second. It would blow your fucking face off. It would. It would blow your fucking face off on how good your life actually is. It would be humbling. You'd get real hungry. You'd realize how real lucky you are. And so, you know, I don't know, like I just can't imagine Sam not having any single person reply, whoever. Like just, that's just unbelievable. Like that's special. Now, everybody's got their own personalities. I don't know Sam, I don't know anybody here. Like you might be introverted, you might be quiet, you might be focused on this, you might be having family issues, you don't have that energy for that. There's a million things going on in everybody's dome right now. But it doesn't take away the fact that this is actually what's happening to your life right now. And you can speak to this, you both can speak to this. That window closes real quick. That's it. That's just the truth. You guys both dive into the idea of self-awareness a lot, right? We know how we feel when we wake up, you guys check in with your strength trainer, okay, this is what I'm feeling, this is what my body's saying. I think the same thing can be said for your social and how you craft the message that you want to be shared because it gets picked up by guys like me when I'm gonna call your game, it gets picked up by people like him, obviously it gets checked by your coaches. Curious when you've seen messages kind of bounce all over the place or ones that have stayed consistent because it's not as though you become a rock star overnight, right? Sometimes people think that happened. People think that happened with his career. Um, clearly not the truth when you busted your ass for so long. Same thing with KC. All of a sudden you make a catch in the Rose Bowl and the whole country knows yeah. you. But you've been doing Remember it for four night? years when you're on campus. Curious your guys' point of view on shaping their story on their respective social media platforms versus doing what people want them to do on their social media platforms. I mean, I think I think the key is is to uh, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying You're to, trying to think about yeah. being a coach right now. Right. Uh. <laughs> so I always think it goes back to being the, the truest form of you. The first thought you have is your truest thought. It it should listen. Everybody sees everything. Like everything that's going on is happening, right? Like as you, you know, probably both of you know, like two years ago I bought a sports agency and I, we recruited a class last year so I've gotten into this game that you guys now know. So the first year I was like, started recruiting, right? Like just looking people's names up. Like it's crazy what kids do. Like, like leaving comments the week they treat girls on Instagram, like stuff like, like everybody sees everything. Like people are acting like it's not real. Like, and so, and you can also tell when somebody, like everybody knows, everybody's social is like the PR version of themselves. Right? Like, we even have people now make pretend they're taking private flights, right? Like, there's all sorts of shit going on. So there's cynicism on, is it real, is it not? What's it up to? I, I, what I would say is a couple things. It's not about overthinking, like, I'm a media company, how do I do this right? I think once you start overthinking shit, it's probably like the way you think about sports, right? Like, when you start overthinking, you get slow. And then you're in trouble. Right, so overthinking is disastrous too in the way you build your image and stuff like that. You just need to, basically what worked for me was 
10 years ago I saw Twitter, I'm like, fuck, this is gonna be the next thing. And it started the kind of transformation to the mobile device and social media. And I remember thinking 10 years ago, I'm like, fuck, everything I do is on the record. Like there's no hiding anymore, right? Forget about you posting shit. What about when you're out? Everybody's got a fucking, this is 24 seven. So I think the best thing is to just let it go, be you, but also at the same time, no, all eyes are on it. Yeah, so I think it's, it's like, you, there's no private moment, you know what I'm saying, anymore. And, and really with that being said, it's like just understanding that, having that mentality and not saying that, you know, you gotta be quiet as a church mouse and walking around with your button all the way up and whatever, but at the end of the day, you, you are being watched and followed, you know what I'm saying? And, and when we're talking about branding, we're talking about the USC brand, we're talking about Nike as a brand, we're talking about you as a brand, you know what I'm saying? It is gonna be scrutinized to a certain extent by others, good or bad, and you wanna be in control of it, you know what I'm saying? So when you press in and when you put something out, you know what I'm saying, it's having that mentality that, okay, what is the person on the other side? And, and although you might not mean for it to mean a certain thing, you know what I'm saying, perception is, is not always reality, you know what I'm saying? So that's good and the bad side of it. Is that I, I think most people case take the defense on this, or the flip side, like some, anybody here love fishing? Great, fucking post that shit because the day you become eligible, somebody's gonna be in a, you're gonna be in a position to get 50K from fucking, I don't know, some fucking fishing line fucking company, right? So like, like to, me, to me, it's like you gotta speak your truth. Like you love Cheerios, post that shit. Doesn't mean dick now, but in, when you go to the league, it might. And so like painting your truth you know, everyone's like, oh, don't post something like that's gonna get you put on blast, fine. Like, you don't wanna be LeVar Bell like getting blown up like that. Like, I get it, like all that. But there's the flip side, which is the offense of it. And so like, you should be thinking about that. You don't have to. If you don't wanna do what I just said, cool. Like if you love every precious picture on your Instagram and it's got, that's fine. But you're leaving opportunity on the table. I think it's pretty interesting, like every Friday night when I'm broadcasting one of your games, I take five guys on both sides of the ball and I just take a deep dive on your social media. And I can usually predict your performance. Like if it's a random one word, how about a girl? I'm like, oh man, cure yourself focus this connection. What happened on Thursday night on campus? If it's totally dialed in, I mean, you can kind of start to tell. And even if I'm wrong, it shapes a story that I'm going to tell on Saturday when we go on air. And I've always found it really fun because I'll go through it and I'll be like, I can't believe he just wrote that. Like, are you serious? I'll send that to a couple of my coworkers. I can't believe he just wrote that. Uh, what I want you to dive into, Gary, next is you, you talk about uh, how your dad taught you about the power of your word. I think it's a radical story because you all have that power and I think you can, you'll be able to assimilate his story to your own lives. I didn't see my dad until I was 14 because we came to America and he got a job as a stock boy in a liquor store. We had to make it. So he'd leave at 7 a.m. and come home at midnight or 10 and I just never saw him, like straight up never saw him. And uh, then he saved up enough money by his own liquor store. I was, like I said earlier, a real hustler kid, lemonade, baseball cards, car washing, like I'd rip your fucking flowers out of your yard and sell it back to you. I was really like, <laughs> interesting. Anyway, I came to the liquor store when I was 14 and I was straight full of shit. I would say anything to sell something, anything. My dad's old school Russian dude, like he's all about like, you know, and, uh, and he's scary as fuck. And he kind of like looked me in the face and said, like he saw me do something and he like changed my life. Like I really believe I will achieve, I feel like I'm the cliche kind of that guy that's like, like slick and like, like pure DNA. I feel like I'm that guy. The one that like seems fun at first but is kind of like a fuck face and like will do whatever it is for him. I actually believe that but I think I got lucky enough that I had such a hardcore dad that he remolded me when I was just young enough where it became my truth and that's why I think so much good has happened for me. That contradiction of like selfish and selfless, like just honorable but like storyteller, like it just worked out, it just worked out. And so yeah, it was the, it was the transcending moment in my life that uh, he told me word is bond and like fucking, yeah, that's where I'm at. I want you both to answer this, um, the idea of the hustler. You know, you, you referenced the founder of Uber. Clearly you have to know people high up if you're gonna invest in other social platforms, whether it's Snap, and it's a young uh, CEO, guy that's not much older than some of you fifth year seniors in the room. Is there commonality between some of those? And Casey, for you, you've seen at the highest level of coaching and, and playing. 
And if, if you could boil it down into one of those two categories. Just the hustler mentality? Yeah. I think, you know, when I think about hustling, you think about sports, right? You think about, hey, hustle to the ball. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about hustle. What does that mean? That's like, that means we're, we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're doing that last little bit, that extra, right? So you think about hustle mentality, it's like he's going to do what he has to do to get to where he needs to be. You know what I'm saying? But having that hustle mentality is saying, like, if I want to get my, my focus is getting to the league, like, I'm going to hustle my ass to get to the league. Like, how, how, how am I going to do that? You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to get a 3.5, if I want to meet such and such in LA Live or whatever and work for this firm or whatever, how am I going to hustle to do that? Because it's not like I think it and it's just going to happen. Like, you have to navigate to it. You know what I'm saying? And, and hustle, in my opinion, you know, when I think about hustle, like, I didn't have, I didn't have Gary Vee growing up. The, the, the one I had, like, was Diddy. When I, when I thought about Diddy back in the day, like, he was the ultimate hustler to me. Puff Daddy, Diddy, all you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? So when I was coming in college, like, he was always talking about hustle and grind and this and that. And in my, in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm not in the music world, but I'm in football. How can I take that mentality and, and put it over here? So I'm going to work out here at 6 a.m., you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go work out later on over here with this person. I'm going to study film on this. Like, I'm going to get myself to the best of my ability, you know what I'm saying, and study and do all the things I got to do. And that's what I think about when I think about hustle. The common thing about all the winners I've seen in life, and this is interesting because this is probably not the best advice for a complete athlete, So, but it, I'd like you guys to hear it. I think it's interesting. I think they're the people that bet on their strengths and didn't dwell on their weaknesses. I think about myself and all the other people that I think have won, they zoned in on their strength, you know? And, and they, they maintained their weaknesses. And I've always thought about that with athletes too, because I think about business like sports. I'm always wondering like, the guys in this room are like, you know, obviously if you have a fatal flaw that can't allow you to be at this level or next level, you gotta close the gap, right? Fix that. But I've always wondered if the ones that really have excelled did they have the three or four things that they zoned in that naturally came to them and then they tripled down on that instead of looked around the room and be like, oh, that dude's better at this, let me try to get better when, as you guys know, so many things in life are natural. I think we fight DNA a lot and so I've just been very curious at a macro level, what's the difference in life when you go triple all in on your strengths instead of dwelling on weaknesses? And to, and to piggyback off of that, me as a football player, my strengths compared to some of the dudes I play with, like my strengths might have been blocking. And we talked about this. I talked about this a couple weeks ago to somebody. I don't know who I was talking to, but I was, was going to block my ass off, right? You know what I'm saying? I was going to be the best blocker. Every team I've been on, I've been the best blocker, right? I wasn't always the tallest, the fastest, the whatever, but I was the best blocker, most consistent. My routes were this way. I had the most consistent routes. That, those are my strengths, you know what I'm saying? So those kept me in a role all the time on any team I've been on, that was my role. Were you, you know triple? Were you triple downing on, or were you like, "Fuck, I need to get a little fast"? Like, we're, like, because it working. feels it feels like you're more scared about what you don't have, because that could be the one data point. Because the league's crazy, right? Like, the combines, it's ludicrous. Like, the decisions that are made on some shit that doesn't even map to what's going on. Like, so to, to his point, that's another point. Combine, right? And 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 I'm not, I'm not advocating this. I'm just telling you my story and what I did. At the combine, I didn't do everything at the combine. You didn't, right? huh? Because I didn't. I only did my strengths. Why? Because I didn't. I knew I was going to be in front of every team, every GM, every scout. Why am I going to go out there and do get on stand on the box where they they want to see how flexible you are? And I know I'm not flexible. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want them to look at me and say, "Oh, he's not flexible." I don't want to give them it's anything negative to say about me. It's right? So I didn't. I didn't do everything at the combine. And I had an agent who was savvy enough to tell me, like, "Okay." This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And basically, I did. I, I doubled down on my strengths at the combine. All I did at the combine was run routes. I didn't run the forty. I ran my forty <laughs> right out here. You know what I'm saying? Because there, I'm like I said, I'm not advocating this for everyone. I'm telling you my story. I didn't like the timing of it. You know what I'm saying? They they shuttle you into Indy. You're in there. You got to get warmed up on their time. When as when you're working out of here for pro day, you're working out on your own time. You kind of got your own routine. There, it doesn't feel the same. So all I said was like, you know what? I'm just gonna run routes. I'm gonna stretch, I'm gonna stretch, I'm gonna do my height, weight. They were like, you don't wanna get on the box. They, they make you sit on the ground and they wanna see how flat. I was like, no, nah, I don't wanna do that. They said, you wanna stretch? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I said, I, I literally came there to run routes. Why? Because I just wanted to show my strength. You know what I'm saying? By a show of hands, um, how many of you guys hang out with people outside of the athletic department? And you say that, 
that population is more than 30%. Anybody? 30% of the people you hang out with or more are outside of the athletic department. Not a lot when you look around, right? Um, for a guy who went to grad school here, Casey obviously went to school here, Gary, you got a really diverse group. I I'd love to talk about the, the opportunity you guys have on this campus. Because you're around, those three business people don't have to be three people that have crazy Fortune 500 companies right now. They can be people that you partner with. You said something smart on one of your podcasts of get to know your roommate when you get to college and maybe isn't a football player. Um, I think there's so much collaboration and, and magic on this campus that when you lean into someone maybe 180 degrees away from you, you might have the next Uber and this dude might invest 50K in it. I, I think, I think what, the way my mind works is I reverse engineer regret. Regret scares the fuck out of me. Like you, I'll, I'll give you a real weird thing to do. If you want to do some kind of off the beaten path that will make you feel good and you'll get even more in return, go spend one day in a retirement home. Go, go talk to five 90-year-olds. If you really listen, all you're gonna hear is regret. They're gonna talk about a lot of stuff they wish they did. And so for me, when I'm thinking about you, you gotta keep up your grades to do your thing. You clearly gotta, like you're busy, right? Cause you're you know, an athlete and, and a student. There's just still a lot of time that's put into Madden. You know, there's still a lot of time put into other dumb shit. And how it plays out 99% of the time is you're 29 and you're like, fuck, I wish I. That's it, that's all, that's what I trade on. Uh, you know, and not because I'm smart, just because I talk to a lot of people and I just listen. Yeah, I, mean, I just, right, like, I wish I, like, you're right. The amount of people that are gonna go on to do things here, but listen, it's not for everybody. Like, I don't wanna be the guy sitting up here, the 40 year old talking to you and be like, say hello to people, all this dorky shit, like, I get it. It's still gonna play out that way, though. I'll say this, the one thing, I didn't, I don't regret anything about my football experience here, you know what I'm saying? Fortunately, I was like, I was on it, committed, and I was around a group of guys that, that were. The one thing I do regret, though, is that I didn't, network with people in my class as much as I should have. You know what I'm saying? Now, I knew people on campus, but just like what, he, what Yogi is saying is that how many of your classmates are you really cool with? You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys come into class, you sit in certain And seat. they want to say hello. Yeah, no doubt. They'll talk to you. Like, you everybody know? else on campus has the problem of having no leverage. You've got nothing but leverage. Yeah, you just got to be like, yeah. All you got to do is you introduce yourself to anybody in your class. <laughs> you ain't got to do shit. And that's what I did. That's the one thing I will say I do regret somewhat right. is that I didn't use the network. You know what I'm saying? Now, as I've gotten older, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing about the USC, though. And this is not an excuse. I'm not telling you to put it off until you're 35 years old. But with the, with the brand, I am a Trojan for life, right? So I can still tap into this network to this day if I choose to. Now, a lot of guys, former players, they don't choose to as much or they, they don't, right? But... Now I do it a lot more, you know what I mean? It might be older guys that graduate or even some of the, the, the newer generation tapping into the network. But while you guys are in it though, like he's saying, you, you could be chilling with the, the next Uber person in, in class or whatever and that could be your boy. And you do go make it to the league and you have a little piece of change and you can invest into that company. But the thing, you know that, the, the thing that kills me is like, look, if you're an introvert and you're shy, that's one thing. But if you're rolling in there with your beats on because you think you're fucking cool, you're a fucking idiot. Because most of those people are gonna beat you. It's math. And that's just stupid. You know, like, that, like when you think about it, when you break it down, it's fascinating. Like, just because you're winning 14-0 in the first quarter doesn't mean you're gonna win. I was just at the, uh, at the opening that a lot of you guys right? participated in. And you, you've talked to Eric Thomas before, right? You've had him on your show. Yeah, and he's fucking and crazy. I don't know if you're familiar with him, his video is go viral, he's pretty rad. And he talked about how all the other athletes that weren't invited to the opening, their chip just keeps growing. And all the other athletes that didn't sign at USC, their chip keeps growing. And all the students that don't get to get their classes first, their chip keeps growing. And yours will always grow in football, we hope, but does it keep growing in other ways? So a challenge may be for the rest of the summer, Take three students randomly in three of your classes and ask them if you were going to partner with me on any idea or partner with anybody, what would it be? And go have a 20 minute conversation. See where your mind goes. Because it might go to what's next in the future. And this is where I think technology is an advantage. Because like I, I trade on real, like the reason I invested in all those companies is I trade on human behavior. Like I know that you're going to be interacting with Alexa and like your car. Like I already know what you're going to do before you do it. That's why I make so much money. Right, so I also know that not everybody here is gonna roll up on people and be like, yo, 
But this is where technology comes through. Like saying what's up to three people, if you're not gonna do it face to face, do it on a DM. Like you know who's in your, like, like I don't care how you do it, just do it. I think technology's the gateway drug to real life interaction. You know, like everyone's like, oh, these kids, they don't have to, I think they do know how to interact. You interact differently, this is how it is, but then that's what leads to you having a cup of coffee or a conversation. So you don't have to like, hey, you know, like fine. But do, just figure it out. Just get into that conversation. Because you're right. Like the quality of students that go to this school, that go on to do things, even if you, even if you go on and have a nine year professional career, a stunning percentage of the kids that are in your classes are gonna create unlimited opportunities for you that all you had to do was say what's up when you had the most leverage as a football player at this school at this moment. I'm curious, uh, open it up a little bit with you guys. Actually, you know, just, just raise your hand, we'll call on you. But when you think of the internet, what do you think about? <laughs> what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah, information. Information, who else? Talking, yeah, right on, keep going, anybody? Communication, yeah. man. Opportunity, come in. Opportunity, opportunity, yeah. Access. Access, now we're talking, yeah. Same thing? Cool, cool. Well, you, you've been cutting edge on a lot of things, you just talked about what's next. When you think of the internet, you've often said, it is, the internet is what TV was to the radio. You know, when you think about it now, where it's going, and how these guys can utilize it in their lives. Well, it's so crazy for me, right? I'm 41, I'm old, right? Like, like I remember the world pre-internet. You know, which is just like so batshit crazy because when I think about internet, like when you said it, I was like oxygen. Like to me it's just like, it's oxygen. Like there is no life without the internet. I don't think people understand. Like let me tell you something you will do 25 years from now. You will wear contact lenses and you will live in a real world, in an augmented world, and in a virtual world. In 25 years from now, when you'll be young, you will put on contact lenses or something, will be invented or will be put it lasiked into your eyes, and like the same way all those Snapchat filters and all that shit, that will be real life. There'll be a fourth dude right here, virtually. Or you can go completely into virtual or like, like this shit just started. Like we just started. Like Uber and Amazon and Facebook and Snapchat, that shit's basic. Like your car's gonna drive itself for you. You're gonna be like lounging in your car. Like the things we're gonna be doing, like your, 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 your beer's gonna be reordering itself for you. When you have one beer left in your fridge, it's gonna reorder it for you. You're gonna have technology in your body. Like all this plays out to the robots killing off all of us. We probably won't see it, but it's coming. And so like this is just starting. Like think about, think about what was, and when we laugh like that, it's fun for me because if I told you 10 years ago, like 10 years ago, if you did online dating, you were a fucking dork, right? Like now all that's going on is that. That is the infrastructure for it, right? If you told a parent 10 years ago, here's what's up, your 14 year old daughter should go into a stranger's car to get around every day, they would have laughed you out of the room. That's what Uber is. So like, I don't think people understand. Like when I think about the internet, I think about it as oxygen. It's just the framework that we now play in and, when you, and to make it real life for you instead of some heady shit, the opportunity for all of you is exponential. It's so compounded. You can network in LA when you played here. You can network with the fucking world. You can literally go on your phone right now, put in hashtag USC, see anybody that gives a fuck about it and you can engage with that and basically have anything happen if you choose to. That's just bonkers. Let's dive into the, the responsibility that comes with that. When, when that happens, because Gary does a nice job, and Casey, I've known you for a long time, you're amazing at this. You guys remain, at least you perceive, to be really authentic. Like you haven't varied even though- Because I know I can't hide. Hmm. Like you're just not gonna be able to hide, right? And that's because- It's because we live after- in a world where Dan- Danny Amendola, the night after winning the Super Bowl, bangs some chick and she uses it as her Tinder profile. Like, we just live in a world where you're on the record. Right? Well, I also think on top of that, like, say you did <laughs> PC posts. At some point, you gotta become your voice. You know, which is why we asked you guys if you think you're storytellers. Because every single one of your Snapchats, like when I look at some of you on Snapchat versus Twitter, it's like they're two different people. Because Snapchat, I'm in your world. I'm in it, real time, 
and I see what's going on on Thursday or wherever you may be. And on Twitter, you might just say something really nice about a teammate who's <laughs> to get a scholarship offer or be up for an award, right? But everybody's full of shit. You ever look at Facebook? Everybody's got the best marriage, best kids, best vacation. Like everybody's PRing the shit out of themselves. So what happens is everything's about, it's, it's sports. Everything's about adjustments, right? Tight ends become fucking basketball players. You gotta adjust the safety position. Like everybody, there's a reaction to reaction. Social media didn't exist. It came out, everybody was saying everything. Then we got conditioned that people would react and all of a sudden we got weird and started PRing ourselves. Now everybody knows that everybody's full of shit so there's a counteract. That's how Snapchat happened. Everybody shared everything. Where was the opportunity? Something private. So like everything's about counter moves. Like right now, I don't give a fuck about social anymore because everybody's on it, everybody's looking. That's why I'm looking at voice. That's why I'm looking at smartification and internet of things because everybody's looking, you got a problem, right? And that's what's happening with social. Nobody believes, when, when I say I'm watching what you guys are doing, I'm not paying attention to what you're posting, I'm paying attention to what you're double tapping. You know, like, it's so funny, guys are like PCing themselves on Instagram, like, me and my moms! And then they're like fucking double tapping every booty chick on the fucking internet, right? Like, like, so like, you know, like, it's real funny and it's real true, that's why everybody's laughing because everybody knows and, um, and it's real fucking great. I love it. Casey, what, what have you noticed as, as a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, these guys are like undouble tapping right now. <laughs> um, Casey, I'm curious what you've noticed as a coach. I mean, you recruit the entire country. You guys are lucky enough to be here and have a scholarship offer or be on this roster. When you're diving into next year's class and the next year's class, what, what are you receiving? What are you pulling from these kids that are trying to PC on one side and double tap the daylight side of something on the other? That's the funny thing. I think for, for me, especially being younger and kind of in social media like most of y'all, right, when we see recruits or we see y'all, you know, writing certain things or doing certain things and, and, and like you're saying, it's not true. Not, I shouldn't say it's not true, but you end up, you see another side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you get on campus or, you, or your, your parents are around. So now you're the recruit and you got both parents in here. So now you're all, you're sitting straight. You got this and like, bro, I was on your page the other day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we, we understand what the real is, you know, and, and the, the whole facade is like, it's really, there's no point of it. Like you said, it, it, it ends up coming out. You know what I mean? Like people will know if you're authentic or not and whether you're real or not. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can try to like kind of dress certain things up, but I think as from a coaching standpoint, you know, especially when, when you're, you guys are already our players, we try to protect you in the sense of what you're, educate you on what you're posting and all that type of stuff. But for recruits, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at them and kind of trying to see where their mind is, where their mindset is. Cause we do understand once you got to get on this campus, it's going to be all the distractions and you know, you got parties, you got girls, you got alcohol, you got all kind of other stuff. So we want to know, or we try to anticipate if that athlete might be, have a problem, you know what I'm saying? Or might dive into problem once, he, once they get to the, yeah. to the campus. Well, the reason I ask him that is to, is to give you the idea of recruiting, right? Whether that's an NFL executive, Gary, we have over a thousand employees in all your companies combined, right? The recruiting side of thing never really stops. So I, I want you to dive back in to, to something you said earlier. You said, you're just going to be you. You're going to be authentically you. Give these guys a strategy on their social, I'll, I'll take, take it a step further. I think they're better off being them. Like you're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old alpha male dudes. Like there's, a, you know what you don't know at 19 and 20, you know this, like when you're 41, you're still 20. Like you're not tricking anybody and they're empathetic. They know who you're supposed to be. Like as long as you're not doing something crazy murdering fucking people, like you know, as long as you're not doing crazy shit, like I actually think people should go more into who they actually are because people know that's what you're supposed to be anyway. Like you're so worried about the edges, right? Like you're supposed to be. Can I say this, it, it kind of ties to him. I swear to you, about a month ago, I saw one of his videos for the first time, right? And I liked it. Boom, got, the, got my hair standing up, right? And I got to the point where I was like, damn, I wanna, I'm gonna repost this. But in my head, in my, I had my coaching hat on, I was like, damn, he's cussing though. And I was thinking like, well, what if a parent's a recruit's parents is on my page and they're like, and you know, at the end of the day, you know what I said? Fuck it. Fuck it. And I reposted it straight up. You know what I'm saying? Because in my head, I'm like, if it's you, the message. If you I'm, lose a kid because his mom's mad that you, you know, that you reposted a cursing video, 
That fucker shouldn't be at USC point. anyway. That was, that was the point, though, to me, though. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a true story. True story. <laughs> I, I, I believe that. Gary, right? But true story. I was just like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm supposed to be an example for y'all, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, everything I put up and, you know, this, that. Like, I'm not going to put the twerking video up, right? You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, <laughs> he's actually saying something that's dope because he said the F word, right? Like, does that make it wrong or bad, I was like, man. And things are getting redefined, you know right? Like, look what, you know, like, rich people dress differently. Like, like, here's what I always worry about. You're trying to get positioned for the world that you think it is, but then the world moves on you. Like, all, all those 40-year-olds that got straight A's that came up with me and went to Princeton and went to fucking Wall Street and everything, they all DM me, they're like, fuck. And I'm like, yeah, because you thought the world was gonna stay still. By the time you're 25, 27, doing your thing, the world's gonna redefine. Facebook's gonna come out and entrepreneurs are gonna wear t-shirts and sneakers. That's not what I grew up with. It's not what 41-year-olds looking ridiculous bullshit socks and shit like that. That wasn't real. Like, the world's gonna move. The Mendoza line's gonna move. What Miley Cyrus did twerking on MTV is lame compared to every fucking post on Instagram now. The world moves. So, trying to conform to me, the reason I am me, and I, do you know how much money I lose for cursing, for example? We had a company not give us a $5 million account because somebody on the board didn't like that I cursed. Good. Like, because I got plenty more money in return for actually being myself. And again, you can't break rules and all that. That's just the way it is, right? But like, being yourself always plays out. Always plays out. Yeah, so piggybacking on, piggybacking on top of that. So I work in a wine you do? Yeah. Wine is like second love. Well, we need to talk about that. Yeah, it was That's my first career. But how, if, I, if that's me and posting it on my Instagram, people looking at it like, okay, he likes alcohol, he likes wine. Are you 21 yet? I'm Yeah, so you need to be careful. Okay, but. When are you 21? March. Great, go fucking crazy in March. All right, but in, in terms of like, maybe not posting the. the Drinking of it. Itself, yeah. But like, are you like working at the winery? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 like, and like if you want to be triple cautious, you can be like, can't wait to March when I can actually start, like you can play with it, right? Like you can be, you can play with it, but like, and you know, wine, what's funny about wine, you know this, is like it's definitely still not cognac or beer, like you're gonna get away with it, it's more fucking bougie shit, you know? And I, again, I think we go back to the beginning <laughs> of, of the storytelling side. It's shaping that and utilizing to help help shape that so it's not, 30 bottles, can't wait, right? My man, the truth, listen, let me, say, let me say something to you. The truth is undefeated. The truth is undefeated. Like, if, you, if you're passionate about wine culture and you're not fucking drinking bottles to the face, you're gonna be okay. Regardless of what somebody thinks. And let me tell you something now that I've gotten in the game a little bit. These NFL executives, you can speak this better, like, they're, they're big boys and girls. They're not real confused. Nobody's not drafting you because you put a fucking picture in Napa Valley. Yeah. Um, so like, like the people I grew up with, so I grew up in South Central, like so, you know, it's a lot of people who smoke, drink, party, this and that, so like, I'm posting, like what if I just wanna post a picture like with people that I grew up with, people that I'm cool with, and like on their pages, uh, different mm-hmm. names and stuff, people kind of like attack me, think I'm surrounded or doing the same thing, like, what would you say about that? I say personally, and I'm glad, I was actually about to go there, because it brought me to that, and I'm glad you brought that up. To me personally, I don't think that you should hide from it, just like he's saying, you know what I'm saying? There's no need to hide from that because there's nothing wrong with that, that's where you grew up, right? Now, I'm saying, you're not engaging, you're not on, in the video with a blunt in your hand or drink, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that, but it's, it's nothing wrong with like those being some of your, uh, your friends, you know what I'm saying? And, and having a relationship with it, you know what I mean? In my opinion, now you might, you might tell me I'm wrong, you might say it's wrong. You should go look at Robbie Anderson. He's a wide receiver for the Jets. I think he's done it real smart. Like, you can tell that's his crew and where he came from, but the pictures he chooses to put up, they're, they're, you know, like, you gotta be smart about the settings of it, right? Like, outside, 
in the barbecue, cool. Like everybody fucking blunt to the face playing video games and that's the background of your picture with them, not gonna work. Just not, you know that, right? So I think, I think you can't hide from where you came. Like nobody wants to do that in your situation, but you're, you know, people are gonna make assumptions. I don't think you'll get hurt like, by looking, if somebody goes down the rabbit hole, looks at all the kids you tagged and they're doing all that in their photos, I think you can escape that if you're smart about how you position the content with them. Go ahead. So like, as far as Twitter, like say somebody like, they tweet you some stuff like, oh like what's going on tonight? Like I'm trying to turn up, like, and you kind of forced to kind of reply because you already put on a platform to where like, you know, and you like, how do I reply to this? Direct message. I don't want an NFL scout to be like, oh I'm about to go party tonight. You know, I don't want. You always gotta, I feel like you always have an out. So you don't, first of all, you're not forced to do anything. Yeah, I know you're not forced, but. You can go direct message. Hey, listen. We're gonna be at 30th Street tonight on DM, as opposed to the big social thread where everybody's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's ways around it, you know what I mean? Like, and like like he's saying, they're big boys and girls up there, they gonna understand that, that NFL, college, people are gonna go out and have a good time. I mean, it was just 4th of July. Everybody had a barbecue, everybody had a, Probably a drink. I don't really drink, but everybody had a drink in their hand for the most part. Like just in the world, just in general, right? So the fact that like you might be, it's not Fourth of July. It's not a holiday. It might be just a random day, or your friends might be doing it on a random day, or you going out on a Tuesday. Like, listen, you people need to be smart in this room. Like I, I got more air cover than you because I, I'm a pathetic coach, and it's let this. Listen, dudes are punching girls in the fucking face and going in the second round. Like let's 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 talk like let's 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 talk real talk, like th- like you need to be smart. If you've got all the pieces in place that makes you a first round pick, you know exactly the truth, which is you can get away with more shit. If you're fucking fringe seventh round UDFA, you better be really fucking smart if you want to be in the league. Like, that's just the truth. Might get me in trouble, but it's the truth. Like you'll never get ever penalized for somebody, you know. Somebody take that tweet and have it be three people holding a fucking ounce of weed and you still won't get in trouble for that. Cause if you, it's the, I'll give the same advice over and over and I've really dissected this now. The truth is undefeated. You don't need to have a social media account. If you're fucking snorting coke in the bathroom, you're gonna lose. I think you gotta be able to answer the how and why. All the NFL executives I've talked to, when they see something like that, they would go in a rabbit hole, everybody attached to it. They'd learn all about them. If you can stand right in front of them, if I'm, Carroll, John Schneider, name NFL coach. Why'd you kick it with them? I've known them forever. What is your relationship? How do you operate when you're around them? If you can answer those, yep. and it's not, I do participate in those activities when you go down that rabbit hole and find out what they're about, then you're good. If you do participate, then don't engage in that relationship because his point is fair. The truth will always come out. 100%. But I always go back to how and why. It's how I operate as a journalist, how I try to operate my life. If you can answer the question, how and why you're even in this chair right now. How and why you kick it with somebody? How and why you're dating somebody? How and why you respect that girl? Then you're good. If you can't answer it or if it's bullshit and it's not the truth, then I think you're in a world of hurting and your life's probably in a world of hurting, your game's probably in a world of hurting and you're probably gonna be an undrafted free agent. So like when he's talking about like scouts and all that combine stuff, a lot of the times at the combine and and in the NFL, they're gonna ask you questions that they know the answers to. They just wanna know if you're gonna tell the truth. They wanna see if you're gonna tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? 100%. they're gonna know if you've tested positive or they gonna know if you smoke and all this stuff and they're gonna say, hey, do you smoke? And you're gonna be like, nope, no, I don't, I don't, I've never smoked. But they already know the answer. They just wanna see, is he lying? You know what I'm saying? Is he telling the truth? Yeah, I used to smoke. There was this one time, you know, or I used to smoke. I grew up, blah, 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 this neighborhood and I smoked, but you know what, I stopped. You know, I've been training for the combine. I've really been focused and last year. I, you know what I'm saying? They wanna know what you're gonna say, how you gonna react to it. So 100%. Whole, to the point of like, those being your friends and all that, like, it is what it is. Like, and like Yogi's saying, they're gonna, they might ask you about that when it comes to the point. You might say, well, yeah, you know, I grew up in South Central and this is the block I grew up on and these are the boys I grew up in the street playing football with to got, that got me to this point. You know what I'm saying? And these are my boys. Like, and then they might walk in and like, man, that's, that's a loyal dude, man. He's, he's loyal 100%. You know what I'm saying? So they might take that. You might look at it as like, damn, that looks bad on me. But they might say like, that's a what, loyal guy. What, what, you don't, what, what you don't know, even as you get older, the, the cover up and the lying is always, comp- like there's only a couple things 
the most extreme things that are worse than the lie because then that just breaks the trust and then they're just scared about everything. I mean, smoking or hanging out with the wrong, I mean, that's, that's the norm. Yeah. They know that. They're not naive. You think you're tricking them? You think you're tricking a multi-trillion dollar organization? You? Uh, I'm curious, Gary. Seriously. I wonder if you guys deal with this at all. Spraying shit in your room? Get the fuck out of here. I wonder if you deal with this at all, and Casey, you probably dealt with this as well. As you get older, you do. Um, relationships evolve. of you guys <laughs> that was in tough the relationship one. that you have in high school, through college, through your professional careers, sometimes you'll just move on. And you're around an environment that may take you to different rooms, different places, different businesses, different teams. And that's just a reality of when you go 100. through business. And I'm curious, because you probably dealt with a lot of your boys from whether it's the I went, business. I, I went to Mount Ida College. 50% of the kids in my college went to jail. Right. I went to a, I slept with my wallet every night. I'll beat everybody in CeeLo and Spades and all that shit in here. Like I went to a hood college. I don't, like I keep in touch with those friends, but when I started my business, I wasn't taking any of those fucking gangsters in it. They're my boys and I'll help them. But like when you you know like that's life right like that you know that that is the cliche conversation. I had a weird businessman conversation like that, but the cliche sports conversation is, you know, like kids come from rough neighborhoods and things of that nature, and you could still be tried and true. But you know what's tough is like, what we don't talk about now is post that last collective bargaining agreement. Like rookies aren't making that much money. Like you're making money. I mean, when you got nothing, hundreds of thousands is real. But like you start get you you guys everybody knows everybody knows the stories like you start getting those forty seven phone calls, Jalen Reeves Maben right linebacker from Tennessee kid that we represent now Vayner Sports fourth round pick, his phone blows up when he gets drafted fourth round you know what the economics of that now look like, like so it's tough and so like yeah life evolves but there's ways to be there for people without just being their piggy bank and it's tough man like like I don't. I don't uh, sympathize with like everybody coming at you like that. Kids that have been with you in rough spots from a long way, family members, family members that helped you. It's hard, but that's what being a grown ass man's about. Like if you actually can say no for the first three years, put into work, stay. You know, you know what's tough? You get to the league and you think that was it, right? Like you, you, you know it's not, but you still think it is because now you know high school. Of course, you get to this, you got the fucking bullshit NCAA, so you're still not making bank. Now you're in the league, right? And you feel like at some level you've made it, but the truth is the money's not there until that second contract that can really get you to be like, Whew, right? So the key is actually locking down in those first couple years and really being smart with those, making those right investments. Hopefully, you stay healthy and get to that second deal. You say I'm honestly, listen, like honestly, I think sometimes you should give it too. Like, like, like you gotta be you. Like, listen, I don't know, like money, like I, I just love the game of like, I, it worked out for me, but I was not making a lot of money in my 20s and 30s. And I was like helping my friend, like this whole, so I didn't take Moose or Tokyo Joe or fucking Dustin to my business, but I was wiring them money. My friend Dustin fucking was bringing so much ecstasy from fucking Holland to LA, you can't imagine what the jail, he needed help. Like, I gave him money, like, like, I'm not gonna judge you because some guy that was, had your back from the get needs money and you're worried about some executives or people judging you. Like, I think it comes down to individuality here, right? I think it's okay. And like, look, I think it, everything becomes the product of your reality, right? First round quarterbacks get paid different than fifth round cornerbacks. Like, there's just, everybody's got their real life. And so like there's different pressures and then some families, first round quarterback doesn't have those pressures that a fifth round corner, everybody around them feels like it is the first pick in the draft. So there's a million different things here. I think the key for all of you is you need to be good with yourself first because then you'll have the strength for the yeses and nos that will dictate the fucking outcome of your life. I think that's key though, like being able to say no and, and yes because you are gonna say yes at times and you are gonna have to say no and it's harder to say no than it is to say yes. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to get asked for random, crazy stuff. Trust <laughs> me. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to do it sometimes. And sometimes you might not even feel like you should do it or you really want to do it. You're going to do it anyway. 100%. And you're going to let it go. But there's going to be some times where you're going to say, you know what, man, I can't do it this time. Or 
like, hey man, you know what I'm saying? And that's when you find out what's really happening. Yeah, you put how, somebody on twice person, and then you say no the third time? person reacts after that, if they still with you, if they still, you know what I'm saying, then that's your folks. Because at the end of the day, like, if you helping somebody, you helping them out of the goodness of your heart. I learned something a long time ago, like my pops told me, he said, don't give something to somebody that, that really you can't do without. So if he tells me I'm gonna loan him, I'm gonna loan him $100 and he tells me he's gonna give it back to me and I'm gonna trust him to give it back. If I loan it to him, in my head, I'm like, man, you know what? If I, don't, if I loan this 100, if he don't give it back to me, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if he gives it back to me, cool, because he, he said he was. Remember like he said his pop spit on his hands, shook my hand. You know what I'm saying? But if he doesn't give it back to me, I can still function and work and, and, and I'm gonna be good. But at the end of the day too, even on, on the side of giving it, you know, sometimes you gotta just kinda like distance yourself, you know what I mean? And just kinda, you'll, you'll read people and understand and you'll see when it's a real situation, when it's not a real situation. And then it'll be opportunity for you to help them grow in situations as well. You know what, what's a thing I've sniffed out real quick from the outside? Veterans when you get there. It's been interesting that some of the kids that I've been fucking with, they're like the veterans were the ones that gave them the courage. Cause you know, like they're in it, right? You can look at that guy right next to you in the locker who's in year nine. Like I would tell you, and this is probably what happened here too and you guys can all speak to it more than I can. That's why I go hang out with 90 year olds. You learn so much more from people that have been it, through it and did it than anything else. So if you're lucky enough to get to the next level and deal with some of those pressures, I would attach yourself to the wily vet, like be, a, be that annoying rookie and get all that wisdom and that halo, that protection. Two kids have already told me the reason they had courage to say no was they leaned on old man, old man 30 years old, but you know, you know, to them. So that's something to think about from a strategy standpoint. Sometimes it's too, it's just learning how to do it, literally learning how to say it. Like mm-hmm. whether it's like framing it and it's, it's an answer and you just stick to it. like. You know, my, my budget is set this way. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm allocated to, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. I can only give out so much, like, and then that's you just stick to it. And that's your answer. And then you, they're gonna say, well, I, I'm gonna give back. And I'm like, well, you know, you just gotta stick to it. It's hard. What happening is, as soon as you tell somebody no and you can't do it, they're gonna come with another plan <laughs> why you can do it. And well, oh, how about this much? Or they're gonna, they're, gonna come, they're gonna come with something else and you gotta just stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's hard, like I said, they're gonna keep coming. You gotta just stand firm and be like, man, I can't this time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if I could, I, you know what I'm saying? I it's mean, tough. I can, but it's like, my situation doesn't allow me. Yeah, I might financially, I might have it literally in the bank, but I just can't do it, you know what I'm saying? Because my overall picture, my goal, you know what I'm saying? Like the Kerry Colbert plan or whoever we are, like, it just doesn't fit within. And everybody's place. reading headlines, right? They're reading what Google told them about your contract. They're not looking into what's guaranteed. They're not looking into the costs now to maintain your body. Like, they're just like, right? Like, it's tough. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that disagreement doesn't mean it's like, that's one of my favorite phrases. We can disagree, doesn't mean I don't love you. 100%. Um, well, any other questions? I, I wanna ask you, um, both of you guys, when you look at competition, <laughs> how, how do you frame it? And I say that, you guys may not know this, but I, I encourage you to check it out. There's a new show on Apple Music called Planet of the Apps, where basically somebody comes down with a 30 second elevator, and they literally have a pitch on their new app, and it's Gary's uh, one of the judges, Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Will I Am. It's a pretty cool show. Um, but that's one of the more competitive industries, and you guys probably have a boatload of ideas, so I want you to leave here with, okay, we, we just got a lot of knowledge. How can I put this together in one of my ideas, one of my collaborations with a friend, or with one of my teammates? So, I'm sorry, I apologize. I want to make sure I understand the question. I want to see how you view competition, because you see it on a show where people are literally coming up with some of the more creative ideas that maybe you've seen. I mean, I spend no time on competition. I don't think about competition. I hate my competition. I want to slice their fucking throat. I, but I spend no time on them. I got no time for them because I'm not worried about them. I'm gonna do my thing and I'm gonna make them react to me. I like disrespect, like I love when I meet business people that I'm supposed to know and they can taste that I don't know who they are. You know when you know? You know when you know and you're like, yeah, nice to meet you. I love that feeling that they know that I don't know who they are even though I'm supposed to because that's how much I disrespect that fucker. (laughs) Because I'm in my shit. I'm in my shit. By the way, doesn't mean, by the way, she or he may beat me. And by the way, I'm good with that because that's the game. You gotta take your L's. I wear my loss on Uber or my other, like I fucking own my L's, but they're mine, right? And so my, I'm, I'm only driven by competition. 
Like I'm a, bus- I'm a businessman because I wasn't gifted with your guys' athletics and I needed to get that nut off in a different way and that was business, right? And so like, I, own- I mean, I-, I made, when I was making $80,000 a year, that was enough for me to live. I'm not fucking fancy, I came from zero. I don't need shit, I don't need a watch or fucking dumb shit like that. I need the game and my game is business and the way I treat it is, I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna make them react to me. I'm not gonna fucking watch film on them. You don't get away with that, you've gotta watch film. I get it, it's different, but like, for me, I don't have to watch film. I'm gonna do my shit and I'm gonna do it so fucking hard and so loud that I'm gonna make them spend time focusing on me instead of the reverse. I think for me, like, and I've talked to Deontay about this, like, as far as competition, now we're we're talking about I'm a receiver and and I have other receivers that I'm competing against in the world, like, you know, say we're getting ready for the draft and they got me raised at the top seventh, the seventh receiver and I, there's six other guys in front of me. I'm not looking at them six guys, like he's saying, because I'm worried about myself. We're all different individuals. Now, when it comes to like the reverse competition, like when I'm getting ready for a game, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna respect the person I'm playing against, but at the same time, like, I know that if I'm at my best and I'm prepared, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter who I'm playing against. You know, you really have to have that mentality, especially if you want to play on Sundays, because on Sunday you're going to be playing against somebody that's somebody every week. So whether it's Champ Bailey this week and Asante Samuel this week, and it don't matter. You're playing against somebody, so it don't, that name, it don't, that don't matter. I already know he's going to be at a certain caliber and level. I just know that I got to be at a certain level myself, and how do I get myself there? by studying him as a number, okay, this, this is what I was talking to Deontay, oh, this is how he likes to step at, at the line of scrimmage and he likes to hard press, he likes to, whatever it is, as an individual, I'm getting to know him, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm already constructing a plan in my head, like, this is how I'm gonna attack him, you know what I'm saying? Because it's really about me though, it's not about him, it's about me beating him, you know what I'm saying, so. Because what's great about sports and business is it's gonna play out. There's no subjectiveness in what you guys do for a living. Somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose. Like, that's why you gotta focus so much on yourself because it's not subjective. It's not a painting or a bottle of wine that like a couple critics are like, it's good, it's bad. It's like, wine's a lot of fun because it's subjective. That's why I did real well in it because if I story told well, you just, I made you think it was good before you fucking drank it. We don't have that in business and sports. Like if you lose 31 to seven, you fucking lost. Like there's no like, well, no. So, so that's why it's so insular, right? Like I, back to what connects me with this world. I don't know anybody in the sports agent world. Like everyone's like, oh, do you, like, I don't know anybody. I don't know a single fucking name. I don't give a fuck about Athletes First or fucking Rock Nation. I know sure no Jay-Z's not doing shit, right? Like it doesn't matter. I have to do my thing. And so like that's, that's how I think about competition. Before we let you go, um... Clearly, Gary and Casey, you guys have known it for a while. You guys live on that razor's edge. I'm curious how you cultivate and recultivate that every day for you. I mean, for me, like I said, I'm not playing anymore, right? So I have to recreate some type of way. That's why I said in the morning, if I send you guys something in the morning, it's probably because I just watched that shit and I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get my day. I'm trying to get my juices flowing. Y'all gonna get into a workout you're gonna get on the field, you're gonna put the helmet on. Like, there's certain things that's gonna happen in your life or that you guys are doing, like playing sports, that that juice is gonna flow naturally. You don't even gotta like create it. I gotta create it, I gotta manufacture it a little. So I'm watching his video, you know what I'm saying? I might be watching ET, I might watch whoever, you know what I'm saying? And, and for me, I do that because I'm setting my mind like, T. Will, he know, we, we talk all the time. We send each other videos, <laughs> quotes, pictures, I mean, that's, that's my other brother back there, right? So we, we stay on each other because if I see something I like that's gonna get me going, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I'm kind of trying to create it, you know what I mean? So you guys live in a world where naturally, if you got, like, if you're a self-starter, I consider myself a self-starter. When I was in a workout, I didn't need the coach to, like, get on my ass and yell at me and tell me get going. And, like, once I was out there, let's go. It's go time, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like you guys are kind of in that world where yeah, you might have turn the music up. It might be a song, you know what I'm saying? Why is everybody turning music up in the weight room? Because they want to get hyper. You, everybody's listening to headphones before the game because they want to get juiced up. Like, naturally, like, I'm ready to, I, I listen to music before a game, but really, I, I can just go out there and play. Let's go, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, I'm, I'm doing stuff like, 
I'm watching what other, you know, it might be something that he's saying. It might be something somebody else is saying that's going to just kind of stir it in me because it's in me. You know what I'm saying? I got that natural juice, that competitive nature in me. It's just going to stir it up and that's all I need to go. For me, it's gratitude. I'm super grateful, man. Like, I was born in a shit place, got out of Russia when nobody was getting out, right? Like, got lucky, like, I'm grateful. Like, if I wake up and everybody in my family is alive, I'm so fucking fired up, I don't watch shit, I don't listen to shit, I'm just like, I'm so grateful. You know, (laughs) Yogi, like, like, I just know, you know, I don't know what else to say. I'm just super, I'm part of this nonprofit, Pencils of Promise. I took uh, some of my people, we went to Ghana. Went to Ghana, landed in a car, and then drove four hours. This is places where people walk an hour to get fresh water. That man's water bottle there, they would fucking die for that shit. Like, I just think everybody's lost perspective, and I'm real empathetic that this room's lost perspective. You're a football player at USC. Your perspective is broke. It just is. So like I try to unwind, like I, my perspective is I'm a white man in America and I'm rich as fuck. My perspective is broke. So I'm trying to rewind it back to just be grateful. I'm just grateful. So the, re, the way I stay on the edge and just like gratitude, it's just gratitude, like one life, one at bat, one time. I just don't wanna see that regret in my eyes that I see in so many. And, and that's why it's so fun for me to come and talk to you now because like straight up for 90% of you, this is the greatest year of your life right now. That's just the truth. You could be mad at me, you could be sad at me, you could think I'm stupid, telling you straight to your fucking faces. For 80 to 90% of you, this is it. This is the fucking pinnacle. So you better squeeze the fuck out of this thing. Because if you're smart, and you do, then it won't be. Yeah, no, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, I think yeah, the, the coolest thing It is, it's because it's true, you know, like it's not like I'm smart, I'm just looking at data. Well, you think I'm just looking it. at history, just talking to people, just being a student of life. It's true. As we kind of wrap this thing up, and, and Gary and KC and myself, we're gonna hang around if you guys got any other questions, and I think there's dinner for you as well. Um, what these two guys do, KC, known him for 10, 15 years now, Gary just observing his content from afar, is they give. And Coach Carroll was the same way when he was here. He just gave and gave. And I think that's really the lesson is the more you give, it's going to come back. Just don't expect it. T-Will's done it a million times. Everybody in this audience has done it, whether it's the kids, whether it's to your own social, whatever it is, you can give, you, give the unique stuff away. And it'll come back a million times. You won me over so big in this. And you said one thing that I live on. I have zero expectation. Do you know why I'm so happy? I have zero expectation of others. Nobody's ever let me down. When I do, I do it. Gary VEE on Instagram and Snapchat, hit me up. You don't need to sign with my firm. You don't need to be drafted by the Jets. I will give because karma is practical. Giving is practical. That shit always works out. That shit, karma always is practical. It always works out. So if I could help you in any way, Gary VEE, anyway. Maybe, you want me to? Bet, done. Good question. You gonna leverage it? Good. Okay. Start happening. All right, fellas. Hey, I appreciate it. I know your time is precious. Um, as is Gary and Casey's. Give it up for them, please. I love that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.